Hey guys, I'm lead pastor Noel Peepgrass, and I just wanted to welcome you to the Exeter Valley Church podcast. Our church plant started in 2021 with the goal of seeing God's kingdom extended in our hometown. If you're curious about Jesus, looking for a church family to be a part of, or feel called to join a kingdom expansion in Exeter, California, we'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. in our historic building at 218 West Pine Street. For more information, head on over to www.exetervalleychurch.com or visit our Instagram page. Thanks for listening. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love uh, fledgling churches, young churches, uh, growing churches, and so this is really fun uh, to be a part of this. Uh, and, it, and it really does feel like family. I was just thinking it's so cool to show up and feel like we're already family. Uh, so it just kind of shows like, yeah, just awesome uh, that, you know, something cool is happening here and I can just step in and feel very welcomed and feel like, yeah, we're part of the same thing. So um, today I get uh, the privilege to keep going in, uh, in Matthew. So, so we'll do that. Uh, and it's just been really cool that already I feel like the sermon's been preached uh, in a few different ways. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of feel like my job's pretty simple, uh, just to, yeah, remind us of a couple things, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's been really great so far. So, we are in Matthew 18, uh, the text is already up there, awesome. Uh, so Matthew 18 is kind of a, a shift, uh, there's like been a transition, um, and the, the previous few chapters, maybe 13 through 17, those chapters, uh, we're focused more on faith um, and on like what makes a church like a church. And so kind of like focusing on the vertical relationship, like what gets you into the church, you know? And so your relationship uh, with God and kind of right standing with him uh, and a big yeah, emphasis on faith. And here we'll shift in the next three chapters, 18, 19, and 20. And it's more of an emphasis on love and on uh, the relationship within the church. So our relationship kind of horizontally with the people who now make up uh, this community. Um, and so in the, and like each chapter kind of has a focus. Uh, 18 is more about how, uh, how Christians live inside uh, the church community, so in their churches. Uh, and chapter 9 is going to talk about Christians uh, in their homes, you know, how life should be in the home. And then uh, chapter 20 is about how Christians live in their workplaces. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. We're so, you know, transitioning. And so here in chapter 18, really this first little part is just a few verses. Uh, Jesus is going to lay uh, uh, some groundwork, uh, the foundation for how we should be living uh, in Christian community. Um, and it's not going to be very surprising hopefully or too shocking jesus is about this all the time and i feel like uh, a lot of his um, kind of teaching has the same style he's gonna challenge what is the uh, kind of uh, prevalent way of thinking and he's gonna offer uh, a different and a better way um, these chapters i don't know if any of you kind of I don't know, geek out on this stuff, but I thought it was real interesting. They, they do in some way mirror the Sermon on the Mount, which is way early in Matthew 5 through 7. Um, and so, they, and, and they offer kind of, I guess, more uh, like details in some of the topics that were covered. 
uh, in those earlier ones. And if you remember the Sermon on the Mount, it starts with the Beatitudes, kind of like a snapshot of how Christian life should be. And so this chapter will also start like that. Chapter 18 starts with like a little uh, snapshot or glimpse into uh, what our life should be like as a Christian community. All right. So with that, let's look uh, at this text. If you have your Bibles, you can take them out. If you have your phones, you can take them out. Uh, This is the Word of God. So we get to read it together. All right. Chapter 18, first five verses. Hey, um, yeah. I forgot. Uh, we, we always stand and read this together. So what? Together oh, that's even better. Please, even please rise to your feet <laughs> at, as we read. <laughs> All right. At that time, the disciples came. Oh, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him. And placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Oh. See, we do, and we believe it. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what I do now. <laughs> Wait, so you say, uh, this is the word of the Lord? Thanks be to God. That's cool. Okay. Wow. I love that. See, like little family traditions, you know, and they get uh, crisscrossed. Oh, that's so fun. Um, All right, well, I've uh, labeled this uh, sermon, uh, Who's the Goat? (laughs) Come on. Uh, So I heard this uh, church community, or at least the peepgrasses, a lot of sports. Uh, So I'm sure this conversation is pretty familiar to you. Uh, In case it's not, uh, the goat, we're not just referring to like the the goat out there, you know? Do, 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 Do you know what it is? Okay, all right. Okay, great. Uh, so the disciples start with this very important question. Who, who is the greatest of all time? You know, who, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And um, I, I, I feel like our society is right there, right? We haven't changed. Uh, we're, we're still wondering, you know, who's the greatest? And we love to rank people and figure out number one, number two, you know, I mean, especially in sports, but I think in, in a lot of industries and a lot of areas of our life, uh, we're, we're always wondering kind of where we rank, how do we rank next to other people, uh, and who is at the top. Am I doing okay here? Okay. So uh, I thought we'd have a little, a little fun with it and see if you can guess, you know, some of these. I just looked up, and, and again, you may not agree with this. I mean, I did just a very preliminary search. Uh, and so the first is the greatest of all time, but these are uh, athletes in the four main uh, sports in America. So that's basketball, football, baseball, uh, and hockey. Does anyone watch hockey? No, I didn't think so. Okay, but there's going to be one guy from hockey. So, so this is overall in all those sports, who, who are the top? And I think I have the top eight because the top nine uh, was Gordie Howe. Has anyone ever heard of that name? Nope, it was hockey. Uh, so, so number eight, uh, Okay, let's pause. Oh, well, we have number eight. Mickey Mantle, 
uh, comes in number eight, okay? But, but I want you to kind of see if you can guess, you know, who, who makes up this list, okay? So if Mickey Mantle is in eight, that's a baseball player, right? Seven championships, uh, 18 home runs in a World Series. I guess that's a, a, a big deal, 18. In the World Series, see, 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 look at that. That was a good interaction. Okay, uh, so who, who, who might be uh, ahead of him? Also baseball. Mm, well, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, you guys are jumping. All right. Uh, number seven, we have Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio, uh, nine championships. Uh, wait, what did I write down? Oh, he has the. Uh, uh, MLB record uh, for 56 game hitting streak. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. All right. Um, ahead of him? No. Ooh. No. Again, I, yeah, you might be right, but this is the list that I got. So, so number six, we got Yogi Berra. Uh, Ten championships. Right, this is baseball still, right? Okay, good. Uh, number... Five, we have a, a hockey person. Who's that? Come on, Wayne Gretzky. He, he missed all the shots he didn't take. Uh, <laughs> I think he did. Or at least Michael Scott did. <laughs> um, number four, we, we go to basketball. Yeah, you. Bill Russell. Bill Russell is number four. Bill Russell uh, from older generation, 10 championships. Um, oh, yeah, we need some football. All right, can you guess who's number three? Tom Brady. Woo, so much fun. Uh, number two? Uh, baseball. Babe Ruth. And number one? Basketball? Michael Jordan. All right, so those are the greatest of all time. I don't know if you agree. And then in case sports is not your thing, I also did uh, like a music one. Okay, so this is the greatest musicians of all time, according to the Rolling Stone magazine. Some of these you may or may not agree with, and some of these I didn't even know. So we're going to run through them real quick. Number 10, Ray Charles, not Beyonce. <laughs> Number 9, Aretha Franklin, number eight, Little Richard. Do you guys know Little Richard? Oh, nice. Okay. Number six, seven, oops, James Brown. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. That was good. I like this. Number six, we got Jimi Hendrix. I don't know if you would. Yeah, yeah. Number five, Chuck Berry. Okay, and then top four, come on. Who are the top four? Queen, Michael Jackson, okay. In, in four, we have the Rolling Stones. It was on the Rolling Stone <laughs> magazine. Number three, we have Elvis Presley. I, I know there's a lot, to, I mean, there's a lot to pick from. So, but according to their list, number two is Bob Dylan. And number one, the Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> you disagree. Beyonce? <laughs> uh, gosh. All right. 
Perfect. Okay, see, this, this is good. This one I want to get, just, you know, rally you up. This, I, it, this may be how the disciples were. Hey, no, he's the greatest. No, he's the greatest. He's got to be, you know. Um, so, so just imagine the scene. We're going to go back to the scene uh, in our text. And they, they're uh, in a house. I don't know if you, if you imagine that, if they're outside or, or inside, but they're inside. They're in a house. And uh, I don't know if they're having dinner or just hanging out. And I imagine the disciples just like whispering, like, hey, should we go ask him? Hey, you go ask him. Like, you know, I think, you know, you should go, you know, talk to him. Like, oh, I don't know. It's not a good time. You know, and so then they go up and kind of like this, maybe a little sheepish, but like, man, I think we have like a really good question. You know, they're like, I think we have a good question for him. Like, he's going to be really proud of us. We're like, wow, this is a good question. You know, let's talk about it. And so they're like, hey, uh, you know, we were thinking, we, we, we have our own ideas, but we want to ask you, you know, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Isn't that a good question? You know, and so, uh, I mean, it's like one of those, yeah, I'm just really misguided, uh, you know, attempts. You know, I don't know if you have this with your kids. I'm a school teacher, so I get these all the time. Like when students think they're asking like an amazing question, but it's just really like about something way off. Um, and so that's really what's happening here. They ask this question. They're like, cool, man. Like we, we asked a really good question. And then you can kind of tell there's like a pause, you know, and they're like, oh, no. This is not going to go very well. And so Jesus, uh, I yeah, imagine him kind of like figuring out, you know, how is he going to respond? Is he just going to like blow him off? Be like, you guys, you knuckleheads, you know, you never get it right. Uh, but he decides to respond. So, so, so he does answer them, but obviously in a very different way. And so uh, he pulls a fast one. Okay, that's what I say. You know, where he, they, they're expecting a certain thing. And instead he's like, Oh, yeah, there's a kid. We have a kid here. He's like, you know, come up here, come up here. And he just has like a visual aid, right? A little prop. Uh, and you can only imagine like, like what the kid is thinking, just standing there like, <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, and so he just has them right there, you know, for them to kind of see the contrast between what they were expecting and uh, what they got. Um, I, th- I think if I have the slides correctly, uh, I don't have any kids, so I feel like the rest of this, it's like, gosh, like I have to talk about becoming a kid, and I haven't dealt with my own, and some of you parents would be like, no, you're wrong, like that's not what kids are like, Uh, but I'm a proud uncle, and so I want to share my celebration. I have a celebration as an uncle. I have now 11 nieces and nephews. Isn't that great? It's so cool. And so I think I I brought the latest one, uh, a photo. Look at that. See? Look at that. Uh, so she's like a week old, Nina, little Nina. Uh, so anyway, just to preface that, because I'm going to show a few images. You're like, why is he showing us all these kids? Uh, th- so they're all my nieces and nephews. Uh, so what, what Jesus is doing here is very similar to kind of, you know, if I asked, hey, who's the greatest of all time, uh, you know, in the NFL? And you would expect to see that photo. Tom Brady, he's the best. But instead you got that guy. You know, that's my nephew, Micah. He's just, eh, I'm the greatest of all time, you know. Or, you know, if we said who's, you know, the greatest band of all time and you expected the Beatles, right? There they are. But instead you got this little rendition. Let's see if this works. Volume? Oh, no. That's okay. So you can see him. They're doing a great job. 
They're just blah, nah, 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 okay, playing, right? And so the whole point is just simply <laughs> to kind of show that contrast, you know, and Jesus uh, is doing that. So instead of what they expected, grander and like who, who's the best, uh, he, he brings a little child, right? And there's like an emphasis on a little child, uh, and he just puts him in front of him. And so his response, there's three parts, I mean, very... Uh, kind of straightforward, you know, to the point. Um, he, he told us to become like little children, so we've got to become like that. Uh, to take the lowly position, all right? Okay, perfect. I mean, I mean, as long as you guys can hear me, that's okay. Um, and then we got to welcome the little people, right? And so, um, yeah, oh, perfect, okay? So his first instruction to us is to become like little children, right? So he says, okay, you want to know who's the greatest? You need to become like this little child, all right? And so I guess I just want to ask you, when you hear that, uh, what thoughts come to mind of what children are like? What are children like? And I'm going to jot down a couple of these. Yeah. One at a time. I heard innocent, playful, playful fun. fun. Huh? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Trusting. Trusting. Honest. Ooh, honest. <laughs> they don't hold it back. <laughs> Who is that person? Uh, don't point, don't point, don't point. <laughs> Messy. Was that fearless? Someone said fearless. Loving. Needy. Yeah, just like the picture I showed you. Needy, dependent. That's very good. Anything else? Oh, energetic. Wow. Okay, great. So, so just remember all those. Those are all really good. Uh, they're exactly what I got. I actually have nothing written here. I just, what, yeah, I'm going to go off that list now. And you're like, all right, this is what he's saying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, a few things I do want to kind of just, point out that I feel like Jesus is uh, emphasizing. Number one, actually, is just the fact that they're little, right? So uh, the contrast is you wanted something great. Here's something very small, very little, um, something that is really not, uh, you know, doesn't have like high status, not very significant in like the culture, especially in that culture. I think ours today, I mean, it's a little bit better, but still, you know, kids have pretty low status. Uh, you know, easily, you know, overlooked, uh, easily lost in a, you know, like a Disneyland or something like that, uh, right? So, so they're just small. They're little people. And so he's saying, if you want greatness, you got to look at this little person and become a little person. So, that, so, that, uh, uh, so I think that's one thing that he, uh, he's emphasizing. Uh, and then outside of that, I think also the idea of playfulness and just really being uh, engaged with what you're doing. Either it's um, play or, you know, some other task. But I mean, kids, you know, if you watch kids are just really, I mean, really in it, you know, and they block everything out. Uh, they're not aware of their surroundings. They're not, you know, self-conscious, you know, a whole lot. They're just, I mean, they're just there. They're, you know, playing their game, doing their thing. And I, 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 I have another video. Let's watch this video. I, I just wanted to throw these in. 
See if they work. Oh, the sound won't work. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. You can just watch it. So they're playing and I ask, what are you guys doing? And they're like, building a sandcastle. So that's them building a sandcastle, uh, just having fun, you know. And yeah, I guess with that one, I'm just kind of showing like, I mean, there's nothing there. Just dirt, just dirt and a little cup. (laughs) And it's like, we're building a sandcastle, you know, we're having fun. And if we go to the next one, um, there's one. This is my niece uh, washing dishes. And so we got a little video from afar. And she's just super engaged. I mean, the water's barely trickling. Uh, but, you know, she uses, she soaps it up, looks at it, very detailed. Um, this one's a little bit longer, but I think it's almost done. Look at that. I mean, checking every detail, right? And so Jesus is, is inviting us to really shift, shift our perspective, right? The, the disciples were thinking in one direction. They were going this way, all right? Who's the greatest? This is what we expect. And he's like, nope, you got to head in the other direction, right? And that's why he says in that part, you know, unless you change, you know, in other translations it says turn, uh, or be converted. Like it's a huge, massive shift, 180 in the other direction and become like little children, right? He's inviting us to be that where it's just, I'm doing my little thing and uh, I'm enjoying it and, and I'm engaged with it and I'm not really worried about, uh, you know, my standing, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, being recognized for whatever. And so, um, and that's a huge shift, right? If you were heading in one direction, that is a huge shift, right? But he really wants to startle us and, uh, and remind us that the foundation of our life together is not going to be about rank and who's where, right? But about taking that posture of, I'm just playing in the dirt, just hanging out, you know, or I'm washing dishes and I'm just engaged in that task. Um, one other thing that uh, I think I just want to point out about children is um, that they are not um, reserved, right? Uh, So I don't have a a slide for that, but like, you know, what you said about being honest and about being just, you know, open with, hey, I need something, you know, if I'm hungry, you know they're hungry, right? If they're, uh, you know, angry, you know they're angry, right? There's not like uh, a filter uh, or sophistication, you know, I feel like Jesus uh, is kind of attacking that a little bit where the disciples have become uh, sophisticated, you know, and they kind of know, you know, how things are supposed to be. And uh, they, they do things, you know, correctly and, you know, the right order, all that stuff. And he's just, you know, showing the kid like, he, here's someone who, who hasn't learned all those things, you know, they're not reserved, they're not trying to fit a certain mold, uh, they're just themselves, and we, we need to head in that direction, is what Jesus is saying, um, and, and you as a church, I mean, I, you know, I think this is perfect, I mean, you're young, you know, and I mean, now, I mean, you are a bit sophisticated, you know, with these <laughs> slideshows and, uh, you know, all this stuff, uh, but, but he's just encouraging us to not lose that childlike playfulness, that childlike um, trust in him. I mean, I think that's a huge part. Uh, I mean, another image that, that uh, yeah, I had in my mind, I have a niece who when she was like probably two or three, she would love to jump off the back of a couch 
uh, you know, into her, um, her dad's arms, right? But he'd be standing, we're like, you know, talking, and she just climbs on the back of the couch and just jumps. It's like, dad, and I mean, she's just jumping. I mean, without any like hesitation, uh, because she knows that someone's going to catch her. Um, and so I feel like Jesus is inviting us to have that kind of posture that I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid, but I have a big father. You know, I have someone who, who, um, who is going to take care of me. I have someone that I can rely on and that if I jump, I know he's going to catch me, you know? Um, this part reminds me, I'm just going to make one little connection to uh, John 3, um, where, where Jesus is talking to, uh, to Nicodemus. If, uh, if you recall that, Nicodemus comes and says, hey, you know, tell us how we're supposed to you know, enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, kind of a similar question. And there Jesus says, you need to be born again. You know? and, and I feel like it's like really similar. He's saying the same exact thing, is that you got to become like a little kid. Like that's the only way in. Uh, because if you notice here, Jesus says, unless that happens, unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not even about greatness. You're not getting in unless you are a little child. And so for Jesus, this is like super foundational that we need to remember this uh, and not lose sight of it, you know, as we're um, yeah, walking in uh, our Christian life. All right. Secondly, he says, take the lowly position. And so that's kind of, I mean, related to, hey, that small person, uh, he says, to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you need to uh, embrace the little things, embrace the little tasks, embrace the small things. Sorry. That's okay. Let's reboot. There it is. All right. Take the lowly spot. Um, and so, I mean, this sounds good to take the lowly spot, to do the little things, but I was just thinking about this. How does it feel uh, when someone else is recognized for what they're doing and you might have been doing something similar or even better than them, but you, you see someone else being recognized instead of you? Uh, I had that yesterday. I was like, gosh, dang it. Like, it's not easy to, I mean, you know, I want to have the posture of like, yes, I'm doing the little thing. Yay. But then you better recognize me. And if you don't recognize me, then I'm just like, well, forget about it, you know? Um, and so the, this is not something that I think really comes maybe easily or naturally to us. Um, but again, I, yeah, I think Jesus is just reminding us um, where uh, our recognition is coming from. And so if we're looking around to get recognized, if we're looking at our peers uh, or just, you know, the world around us, uh, then we're going to be let down and uh, we're, we're going to start living for that. And uh, um, yeah, it is going to disappoint us. But, but if we know that we have a big father who, who takes care of us and who will like recognize what we're doing, then we can have that freedom. Well, I mean, we can just do it, just have fun in it, move on uh, and not worry, you know, if we got the accolades or the awards. Um, yeah. All right, and then the, yeah, and, and this looks like, I mean, little tasks. I mean, I think we all have them in our life, you know, if it's cleaning up after your kids, you know, doing the laundry, mowing the lawn. Uh, I mean, whatever it is, we're just like, oh, this is like menial, right? Why am I doing this over and over again? 
uh, I feel like Jesus is yeah, asking us to, um, to embrace that, especially in the community of our church family, uh, that we would embrace doing those things. Um, and then lastly, he's telling us to, to welcome. So the application here is, yes, become like little children and then welcome the little people. Um, and maybe you've been thinking just like the very little people, which is true. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, you know, I think a shout out to like all of you parents, right, who have welcomed children into your family, into your life. That's welcoming the little children. Uh, people who work with children, right? Jesus is saying like, that's good. Do that. Welcome them. Receive them. You know, embrace them. Um, I, I think it also kind of just maybe spans to just like all young people. You know, I, I mean, I know, yeah, where I'm at in my life, uh, especially as a teacher, it is very easy for me to kind of, uh, I don't know, balk at this younger generation. Golly, like they're so far gone, you know, they're just on their phones, they're distracted. They're, you know, so I, I just have all these things that I'm like, you know, I don't like where they're headed. Uh, and, and instead, Jesus is inviting me to really shift that posture and, and to embrace them and uh, and to receive that younger generation as, I mean, they're the ones that, I mean, are coming up. And I have an opportunity to invest in them. I have an opportunity to root them on. I have an opportunity to, uh, yeah, steer them in the right direction. Uh, and so I think just a very practical thing that Jesus is offering here is saying, hey, you, you can, like, live this out by embracing the young people in your life. It's in your family, in your church, in your community. Uh, to, to embrace the young people because when you do that, you actually welcome me. You, you embrace me. Uh, and so Jesus shows his heart for young people, for children, for young people. And he says, if we uh, are able to embrace those people, we, we are you know, imitating his heart and we're welcoming him. Um, I, I had an opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago to, to go to Asbury University. Have you guys heard of this place? Um, it's a very small town in, uh, in Kentucky, smaller than Exeter, about 6,000 people. Uh, but there was a pretty cool thing that happened, uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that um, went on pretty much nonstop. After about a week and a half, they did have a few parameters, but it went nonstop for about you know, 10 days of just prayer and worship, um, confession, repentance, people being saved. Um, delivered, healed, I mean, like really cool stuff happening. And so uh, I got to go for about a day and just see it. Um, and what was really cool, kind of my takeaway was one, just how like simple it was. It was very simple. It's very ordinary. It wasn't this like big hype thing. Uh, and then the other thing was their really kind of focused, uh, yeah, attention to young people, to that Gen Z kind of uh, yeah, I guess generation or group of people. Uh, and obviously their university, which makes sense. But for me, that was a big shift to see that many young people hungry for God, showing up, I mean, going, I mean, it went through the Super Bowl, went through Valentine's Day. I mean, they, they did not let anything else, uh, you know, get in the way. And so that was a big shift, like for me personally, to just embrace young people and recognize that God is doing something really cool uh, in the younger generation right now. And it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a great time to get on board. It's a great time to root them on. And, and it's a great time to kind of put like, uh, 
yeah, I guess to throw fire on that um, and to see what can happen. And uh, I mean, I know that, you know, here in Exeter, that, that you have that heart to see the young people, um, uh, to, to, to see them, yeah, come to know God, to, to see them be part of this family. Um, and so it just like, yeah, I feel like it's just a really great opportunity for us to, to embrace that generation, um, yeah, around us. So I think I'm going to wrap up. Um, I mean, my kind of, I guess, you know, conclusion, you know, takeaway is really this, uh, I don't know how it lands or feels, but sometimes we can uh, see these kind of commands or instructions be like, all right, I got to be like a little kid. Okay, what does a little kid do? Oh, yeah, playful. Oh, I'm playful. Okay, playful. Okay, uh, you know, take the lowly spot. Okay, what does that mean? Oh, let's see, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Okay, I'll go sweep. You know, and it just becomes this thing that we're really like, you know, working pretty hard at. And I think Jesus is saying, nope, they, that's not what it's about. You know, when we encounter a little kid, right, you just see that child and it just kind of, I mean, there's life there, there's freedom. And he's just saying, first recognize that you are that child. You don't have to try to be that child. You are a little kid. You're a small child. And you have a big father, and you can just relax, and you can let go the pressures, the responsibilities, you know, I mean, whatever it is, I mean, you can open your hands with that and just recognize, I'm a little kid with a big father. And then from that standpoint, hey, let's embrace, you know, let's embrace the people around us. Let's embrace the younger, um, yeah, generation around us. Um, yeah, it's not going to be something that we're going to do on our own. The Holy Spirit needs to help us. Uh, and I think it's going to take us to kind of slow down a little bit, you know, to slow down, to pause, and really allow for, for our hearts to kind of catch up with, with what Jesus is doing.